The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, welcome to the Barca Blogandas podcast. I am Renato Gonzalez. And in today's episode, I'd like to talk about quite an uncomfortable topic for every Barcelona fan, including myself. But I do believe it's a conversation we should be having. It's an important conversation. And we're going to get into it later in the show. But to start, I'd like to discuss two bits of news that have been announced and released in the last couple of hours. This is being recorded on Monday morning here in beautiful, sunny Brazil. And um, the first bit of news has to do with Barcelona, and the second doesn't, but does. The first bit of news is Antoine Griezmann. Um, There are a couple of reports from uh, Spanish press that um, Griezmann is expected to miss three weeks with his hamstring injury. Um, it's only the third injury of Griezmann's career, his first for Barcelona. And he had this injury in 2012 or uh, thereabouts when he played for Real Sociedad. And he only missed three weeks. Um, Griezmann is a very durable player, obviously, so that's good. And um, a hamstring injury, if it's not like a full tear, if it's just a little tweak like it, it, it's pretty clear that's what he had um, it's pretty quick to recover from so he's gonna miss this last week of the season the La Liga season then he's gonna miss the first two weeks of, uh, of training following that but he should be back in training one week before the Champions League um, round of 16 second leg against Napoli so he should be available for that which is good news uh, because Barcelona will not have Sergio Busquets and Arturo Vidal, who are suspended for the second leg. So it's very important that you have as many first-team players available, and it seems like Griezmann's going to be available, even though you could argue it's not exactly a bad thing if Griezmann isn't available, um, because he hasn't been great. You could argue that, <laughs> Although he had a wonderful game against Villarreal um, after the change of formation. And he had a very good game um, when we relegated Espanyol. Um, But he he kind of had a little bit of a relapse and missed just an inexplicable uh, chance uh, against um, Valladolid at the weekend. And he left at halftime with an injury. And now we know that that injury is a hamstring injury and is going to keep him out for at least three weeks. But he should be back to play Napoli. Um, to be to be honest, that's what Griezmann was bought for, for the big moments. 
and now that the La Liga title is probably not going to be won, the big moment is the Champions League, and if he's available for that, maybe he's going to have a big impact when the chips are down. Griezmann, both for France and Atletico Madrid in the past, was always a big game player. You could count on him when it mattered most. And certainly in August, um, hopefully in the four games that Barcelona are going to play in the Champions League, the round of 16, the quarterfinals, the semifinal, and the final, uh, quarterfinal, semifinal, are going to be just a one-game playoff. So if he, if Barca managed to somehow play those four matches, um, Griezmann could prove very, very important because he seems to raise his game in really, really important matches. Hasn't exactly done it for Barcelona, but that's his history. That's what he's done in his career. And uh, one can only hope that he managed to do it for Barca. Um, the second bit of news involves Manchester City. so um, Or Manchester City, if you prefer the English um, accent. Um, so Manchester City um, have been... Um, their ban, their two-year European ban, has been lifted by the Court of Arbitration for Sport, which is the highest um, sporting um, court in, in the world. And City were given a two-year ban by UEFA for breaching financial fair play. And um, they appealed and denied pretty vehemently that they had done nothing wrong. And now, Cas. It, it's a really shocking decision, really, because the, the expectation was that the way these things usually work is that a ban is cut in half by CAS. When you look, for example, at Barcelona, when Barcelona were banned back in 2016 because of the the whole deal with signing youngsters and everything, they were given a one-year transfer ban, and that transfer ban was cut in half to six months. So that's why when we signed um, Arda Turan and Alesh Fidal in the summer of 2015, they were allowed to play in January 2016 because they only needed to wait six months to be registered as Barcelona players. Um, so that happened, for example, too with Chelsea. Chelsea famously had a two-year transfer ban a couple of years ago that was reduced to one year. And now they're obviously going to have a huge summer. Uh, Timo Werner uh, already coming, Hakim Ziyech, <coughs> sorry, already coming too. Um, Kai, there are big uh, Kai Havertz um, rumors. Chelsea are going to spend a lot of money because they didn't need to for a year, so now they're probably going to have a big transfer window um, because their transfer ban was um, was cut in half. So the fact that Manchester City's ban was not cut in half, it was all together lifted, is a is a very surprising decision considering how this whole thing works. They're still gonna they're still gonna have to pay UEFA a ten million fine for failure to cooperate with UEFA's investigation at the time, but they haven't been found guilty. Um, I don't have a lot of thoughts on the the proceedings and and what the decision uh, if the decision is correct or not. Uh, I'm not a legal expert. Um, I only have a superficial knowledge of the case. But I wanted to discuss this because I do think this impacts Barcelona in a way. I was secretly hoping that Pep Guardiola was returning to Barca this summer um, because I think if Lionel Messi is really leaving, 
um, next season if the reports are accurate and he's not extending his contract and he's going to walk away next summer in 2021. I was secretly hoping to myself that Pep Guardiola would return this season to try and win the champion this summer for next season to try and win the Champions League one last time with Messi and then he would have absolute carte blanche to completely change the team. He he would be given the freedom to let everybody go. The reason why he left Barcelona in 2012 um apart from how exhausted he was, was the inability to rebuild the team. He wanted to sell Xavi, not Xavi, uh, PK, um, and uh, Dani Alves and a few other players, and he wanted to rebuild the team because he felt like the team at that time had done everything it could, and the only way for him to continue his success was to change a significant part uh, of the team, basically get rid of the spine, and bring in new players and try to keep um, the success going. But he wasn't given that opportunity. Um, and he decided to leave the club. So I was secretly hoping that if the this UEFA ban was upheld. Or even uh, for just one year. Maybe Pep would be tempted to leave. And if he was given a strong pitch by Barcelona. That hey, you got one year with Messi. And this kind of squad, after that, you can do whatever you want. If you want 22 players from the academy, you got it. We don't. If you don't want to sign anyone and just want to work with the kids and try to rebuild Barcelona in your image again, you got it. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen now. Pep Guardiola has been pretty adamant that he would stay in Manchester City even if the team was banned from Europe. And now that they're not, obviously he's going to stay. And that also probably means that a couple of players who might have been available in the market because of the ban, who wouldn't want to stay in Manchester City and not play in Europe next season, they are now probably going to be given a pay rise and um, they're probably going to be extended and staying at the club. Like, for example, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, two players who I personally was really excited about maybe pursuing. But it's probable that they're now going to stay at City, which is a little bit disappointing for me as a Barcelona fan. But I, like I said, it was all secret hopes, personal hopes that I never really discussed with anyone because I just wanted to wait until this decision was made. And now it's made. Manchester City have not been banned um, and they're going to be free to play in Europe next season. Who knows if they're going to play in Europe next season as defending Champions League winners, which is possible um, because they have been, apart from a couple of games, really, really good after the pandemic um, or after the break, whatever. If you don't think the pandemic's over, which is definitely not, you can use the term break. After the restart to the season, Manchester City have been really, really good. They destroyed Liverpool. They destroyed Arsenal. They just won a big game. Uh, they just had a big win against Brighton at the weekend. They're probably going to win the FA Cup or they're going to get to the final. Um, so they look they look to be firing all cylinders so they might win the Champions League. And it would have been hilarious that the Champions League winners would not be able to defend the title next season because everyone expected them to be banned for at least a year. But now they're not. So imagine their hunger now 
to win the Champions League this season and then be able to defend it next season. So um, I expect to see a Manchester City side completely unleashed in the next few weeks, and that should be very, very interesting. But now it's time for the main story. Now it's time for the thing I really, really wanted to talk about. But before we do that, let's take a little break. All right, we're back. And the story I wanted to talk about is Lionel Messi's decline. Let's just get that out of the way. This is what we're talking about. Um, yes, I do think it's important to address the topic. Is Lionel Messi in decline? Because that is the certainly... It, it's been a narrative by Lionel Messi haters for years. and But now it seems to have infiltrated itself, this narrative, into Barcelona fandom. A lot of Barcelona fans are arguing um, that Lionel Messi is in decline. And I don't blame them um, because Lionel Messi has not been scoring as much this season. And a lot of Barcelona fans are excited about the fact that he had a 2020 season. He's the first player in La Liga history and the second player ever um, in Europe's top five leagues to have a season with at least 20 goals and 20 assists which at the age of 33 is remarkable and historic. And even with that fact, a lot of people seem to think that stat is a little bit overrated. And they think that Lionel Messi is in decline, despite just having an absurd record-breaking season once again. And having just won the Ballon d'Or last year, um... People think Lionel Messi is in decline, so I'd like to address that, and I wanted to address that objectively. I'm not going to make fun of anyone. I'm not going to say, oh, you're a hater, you're stupid, you don't know anything. I actually want to have a fair, real discussion. Is Lionel Messi in decline? The short answer is no, but there are qualifiers. Which are the qualifiers? Lionel Messi, this season at least, has not been... Barcelona's primary source of goals, actually he has been, but he hasn't exactly lived up to that, which is weird when you consider he's the league's top scorer and is going to finish the season as the league's top scorer, but he's not going to reach 30 goals unless he goes absolutely ballistic in the last two games. There's a very good chance he's not going to reach 30 goals, which is highly unusual for Lionel Messi. Um, And... The fact that he hasn't been scoring goals at the consistent rate, considering how incredible he is as a goal scorer, and he just reached 700 goals for his career, it's a fair question to ask. Is Lionel Messi in decline due to the fact he's not scoring as many goals? But you have to realize that the 20 assists have to do with the fact that he's not scoring as much because he is clearly now a midfielder. Lionel Messi talked about being a midfielder for the last several years. He he saw himself as a midfielder when his career was coming to an end. He said, when my career is close to be over in my final years, I don't know when it's going to be or how many years I'm going to have left. I, I see myself playing deeper and playing as a more of a playmaker and a midfielder and coming to pick up the ball in deeper positions and 
affecting the game differently than I have my entire career. This is Lionel Messi's own expectation for how he would evolve as a player. And last season was already a sign of this, but he was still a brutal, brutally efficient goal scorer. But this season, it's more clear than ever that he is effectively a midfielder. And, for example, to go back to a Manchester City player, like we talked about Manchester City in this podcast, Kevin De Bruyne is an attacking midfielder, just like Lionel Messi. If Kevin De Bruyne had a 2020 season in the Premier League this season, he already, he, he has a good chance of reaching 20 assists, by the way, um, but he's not going to have a 2020 season because he's not going to reach 20 goals. I think he has 10 or 11 or something. So he's not going to be able to reach 20 goals. But imagine if Kevin De Bruyne, an attacking midfielder, had a 20-20 season at his age, which is significantly younger than Lionel Messi. Can you imagine the hype? Can you imagine how crazy people would go if Kevin De Bruyne had a 20-20 season? And he's an attacking midfielder, so you you would think that it's possible for an attacking midfielder to have a 20-20 season. So that's exactly what Lionel Messi just had. Lionel Messi is an effectively an attacking midfielder now. And now that Kike Setien has uh, changed the formation and he went to a formation where Lionel Messi is officially the attacking midfielder, and that's more clear than ever. But even when Barcelona play 4-3-3, Lionel Messi is still the attacking midfielder. Um, which is one of the reasons why the 4-3-3 hasn't been as, as effective for Barcelona anymore. Which is why... Kike Setien is tinkering with formations to try and find a formation where Lionel Messi is the attacking midfielder, but the team is still dangerous on other areas. So that's the reason why Lionel Messi has a 2020 season. It's not because he's declined as a goal scorer, it's just because he's changed his position. And he's not looking to score as much, he's looking to provide. The problem is, he is still the guy everyone looks to to score because Luis Suarez. Unfortunately, has been very inconsistent since the restart. Antoine Griezmann has been very inconsistent since he joined the club. Ansu Fati is still too young to be counted on as the main source of goals. And he is not the striker, the central goal-scoring threat. He's a wide player who has a knack for goal, obviously. Who likes to get himself in good positions to score, but even you can't expect Ansu Fati to give you 40 goals a season for the rest of his career. He's more. He, I see Ansu Fati at his peak if he stays at Barcelona with like 25 goals and 15 assists a season, uh, and a lot of dribbles. That's the kind of player I see Ansu Fati becoming. He has an eye for a goal, but he's not exactly a striker, a goal-scoring threat. Um, so. Barcelona need that this summer. They also need um, their defense to be remade, and they need the team to be significantly significantly younger. But one of the main things they need is a striker. That's why I am in favor of bringing in Lautaro Martinez. Because he is a very, very competent striker in the molds of Luis Suarez. Um, and... Lionel Messi being now fully an attacking midfielder. That means that Lautaro Martinez is going to be the number one scoring threat. 
And because he's Argentinian and he's very good friends with Lionel Messi and they play together in the national team, you could see Messi gracefully giving up the goal-scoring responsibilities, focusing fully on being an attacking midfielder and turning into a provider more and more. Um, Even if next season is Messi's last and he goes somewhere else, wherever he goes next... um, He's he's gonna be a twenty assist a season guy, and uh, that might be the most amazing way to end his career. So can you imagine what maybe the most efficient goal scorer ever ends his career with multiple twenty assist seasons? That would be incredible. So Lionel Messi has clearly changed his position, which has contributed, which has contributed. Um, very strongly to his lack of quote-unquote lack of goal scoring sorry and that's why Lionel Messi is not in decline you cannot use goal scoring as a reason to say Lionel Messi is no longer the same player now like I said I will be objective and there are a couple of things that I've noticed since the restart that I didn't notice before on Messi. He's missing a lot of passes. He's misplacing a lot of passes. Um, and not just the audacious stuff, um, the long switches to find Jordi Alba, which are basically trademark plays now, um, but simple stuff. He's missing simple stuff. And um, that's a little bit strange. That's something you don't see from Messi. Um, he's not as fast, clearly. So that's an area where you could say he, he has declined. Messi's pace, um, I won't say is gone, but it's not as impressive as he used to be. He's never been the fastest player, but he used to be pretty quick, especially with the ball. He's still pretty quick with the ball, but not as quick. And he's certainly not as quick without it. And uh, that's noticeable. But he could also argue that's due to the fact that he's played every single second of football ever since Barcelona came back from the break. And that is insane to me that a guy who is now 33 years old is playing every single minute of the La Liga season and he's going to play every single minute for the rest of the season because Barca have only two more matches left in the La Liga season then Barca are going to have three weeks off not exactly off, they're going to train for three weeks and then they're going to play Napoli in the Champions League and if they get through, they get Bayern Munich in the quarterfinals and obviously Lionel Messi is going to play 90 minutes against Napoli and then against Bayern Munich and if they get to the semifinal and they get Manchester City or Real Madrid or whoever else um, Messi is going to play 90 minutes so Lionel Messi is surely going to play every single second until the rest, until the end of the season, unless Real Madrid win the title in the in the middle of the week on Thursday, because they have a chance to win the title. Uh, if they win, if they win the next two games, they're champions, and then then the the last game of the season is meaningless. And if the last game of the season is meaningless, there's a great opportunity to rest Lionel Messi. But if Real Madrid somehow find a way to not win their, their their next two games, then they go into the last match 
needing to win, and obviously Barca are going to go into their final game wanting to win to have the chance. And then Messi is going to play 90 minutes too. So, if you look at that, how can you not say that Messi is completely exhausted? And he is always going to play 90 minutes because he wants to. And Kike Setien has other things other things to worry about. Um, it's not just about Messi's minutes. If Messi's minutes were the only problem... That means Barcelona would be going to this last week with the chance to win the title themselves. But they have so many other problems that go beyond just is Messi playing 90 minutes or not. And at the end of the day, Barcelona, in their current state, their only chance to win every game is if Messi plays the whole 90 minutes. Because the threat of him being on the pitch is just so big that it kind of overshadows everything else that's wrong. Except in matches where everything else that's wrong is completely exposed, and then not even Messi can save Barca. And if he's tired, then the chances of him saving Barca are significantly lower. So, no, Lionel Messi is not in decline. Clearly not. He's just playing a different position, and he's tired right now. Um, so I hope that clears it up, <laughs> and uh, I hope you find my thought found my thoughts interesting. Please let me know what you think of this episode. Please subscribe to the Marcel Morgan Blogger's podcast wherever you get your shows. And as always, thank you for listening.